Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy's back with us in studio today, thankfully, and we're going to be discussing all kinds of food-related topics. The big overarching theme being always remember to read the label properly, uh, not only to identify hidden nasties, but also to find out what you're buying. What packaging suggests you're getting is not always what you think you are getting. Wendy, welcome back. Thanks, Pippa. As you say, very nice to be across the desk from you again. Indeed. No communication issues. Thank heavens for that. <sighs> Just to say, if you want to join in, ask a question, make a comment on something you've noticed, the number to dial 0214460567. You can also send a voice note or text to 0725671567. Wendy, should we start in the dairy aisle? Yes. Okay. So it was about five years ago that I started asking questions about products in those supermarket fridges that looked like yogurts, were stored alongside yogurts, um, but were called dairy snacks. Instead, and I'd been in the game long enough to know that these descriptions are never random, such mm. as Borivors versus Brivors, yeah. totally different requirements for ingredients. So I questioned it, and at the time, a, quo- a clover, rather, quality manager told me, Clover reformulated our yogurt recipe to have a more creamy, improved, and unique recipe. This recipe was prepared with... 0.2% less protein, and because of this, legislation requires us to call our product a yogurt-based dairy snack. Our new recipe is much better and creamier and still has all the ingredients, the good bacteria, calcium, and other benefits of yogurt. We even further enriched it with 10 vitamins. Okay, so here's the deal. Clover and and obviously, not obviously, but all the other major dairy manufacturers did it to make it a cheaper version of yogurt that would still be palatable to consumers. There's no other reason to mess around with yogurt. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about when yogurt is no longer deemed yogurt, Wendy, and why it's something we should take note of. Okay, so to be classified as a yogurt, uh, a product must have at least two grams of protein per 100 grams. That's 2% protein. Dairy snack allows manufacturers to drop the protein to 1.5 grams, effectively replacing milk with water. But when you do that, then you've got to and put in different kinds of, you know, more more uh, heavyweight stabilizers and modifiers. Other things to hold yes, the texture. Exactly, the starches. So some dairy snack yogurts apparently have up to 40% water, which has replaced the milk. That was told to me by a dairy farmer um, this week. He said, and for obvious reasons he didn't want to be named, he said they are cheaper to make and less reliant on raw milk as skill milk powder becomes the substitute in most cases. He said the dairy snacks have less protein but more sugar and more stabilizers. Mm. The problem is that dairy snacks are being merchandised with yogurt and our ignorant consumers, sorry, his words, not mine, can't tell the difference. So it's trading on dairy's health halo, but destroying the category because it's not a great product. And as a result, the yogurt category, as read by AC Nielsen, is almost flat over the past 10 years. That's really interesting. Okay, so it's not the same thing. It's not called the same thing because legally it can't be called the same thing if it's below that protein minimum content level. Higher quality quantities of water and Wendy I'm sure when you said the words more sugar a lot of red flags went up for listeners because a lot of people buy a yogurt product thinking it's a healthy calcium rich nice thing to put in a especially when you see vitamins on the top for example yes Um, and I don't know about you but I've never heard anyone saying that they're going to be buying dairy snacks no give me a six pack of of, of sorry, dairy snacks. Yeah. And when you online shopping, you click on a category. It says yogurt. There isn't another category that says uh, dairy snack, as there would be with say 
butter and margarine. Okay, you can argue right. that there is, of course, it is still a dairy product. It's just less dairy. A lot less dairy. Than yogurt. Okay. So I went into a supermarket um, earlier this week and I did a little poking around in the fridges. So Fair Cape, for example, uh, let's look at those six packs, the little yogurts. Fair yeah. Cape sells a Cape sells a pack of 600 gram full cream yogurts for 22 rand, or that was at pick and pay. It contains 2.9 grams of protein. And when I say this, I'm talking about per 100 grams in each case. 2.9 grams of protein. And the ingredients are listed. And you know, it's in descending quantity. So the first one, which in this case is full cream milk, would be that's what's mostly in the product. Water, sugar, stabilizer, and flavoring. Fair Cape also sells a pack of dairy snacks, but interestingly, 80 grams, not 100 grams. Okay. So you've got some shrinkflation happening there. Six times 80 grams. It and they sell them for 16 rand a pack versus 22 for the for the full cream uh, yogurts. That the, the um, protein is down from 2.9 in the full cream to 1.9. It's quite a drop yeah. in the dairy snack. And the ingredients list goes like this: water. Milk, so the highest percentage of is water. As that farmer okay. was saying. So while it's a cheaper proposition by prop, about a rand a tub, um, so you're paying around a tub less, but it's got less protein, more sugar, um, than the, and, and more sugar than the real yogurt snack. So, that's, so to, the thing is to look at the label and know what you're buying. You're not getting yeah. just a good deal on a pack of, mini yogurt well priced yogurt it's actually a completely it's, different product. it's a different product yeah um sure okay besides the smaller tub thing <coughs> excuse and me there's being, the smaller being tub thing as well less protein content more sugar content water as the dominant ingredient rather than full cream milk so there's a lot to, to sort of factor in there uh yeah as one person saying on the whatsapp line food labels are the bane of my life because the printing is so tiny yes. i see many Last people degree. squinting to be able to read them. I'm laughing because just last night there was a post on Facebook that I was nodding to of somebody taking a photograph of the ingredients list and enlarging it on their phone. So I was just about to say it. exactly that and that's what I did in this case. And I'm that years old. I, yeah. I've got there as well. And in, the, in some of these cases with the dairy snacks, the ingredients are wind themselves around the edge of that little oh. foil label. So you, you have to sort of twist the pack or... You know the photograph. If that's what you've it. done to be able to read it properly, and you, and you just, yes, I know those labels are small, but but yes, it pays to 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 do them. Okay, so it's it's and and we're not suggesting that it's it's misleading. No, they are no, no. differently labelled. The information is all there on the packaging. But some consumers are mixing the two. We up, go basically. by yeah. by signals and packaging. What we've known over the years, yeah. and for most people, as I say, I've yet to hear any, hear anyone talking about buying a dairy snack. Yeah. So if it's on the yogurt shelf, in it's a yeah, yogurt. It's, but it's, it's a not yogurt. a yogurt. But it's not always so. So this is where it really pays to look at the labels, Wendy. And again, uh, just to say, we're not also not singling out Clover or Fair no, Cape. No, they're this all is doing across it. So Parmalat, all of the brands. Yeah. 23 rand for a pack of 600 gram yogurt tubs versus 17 rand for a pack of 675 gram dairy sacks. That's even even less, so yes. from 100 grams to 75 grams. And you can't always tell at a glance the way the packaging is designed That's that they are smaller. So it's not just the ingredients that you must check, it's, it's the size of the tub. Wendy, the other thing you found out in your research this weekend was that you can't always be guided by the price point on this one no, either. No, no. So 
I'm a plain yogurt person. That's been my thing um, my whole life. My mother, for much of my childhood, made yogurt herself. So I, I buy this product. Um, I, I prefer full cream to double cream. Mm-hmm. I don't like low fat, but I'll buy either full cream or, or double cream, right? Okay. So a one kilogram tub of Clover Classic plain low fat dairy snack was selling at Pick and Pay for 39 Rand. A one kilogram tub of Pick and Pay brand full cream plain yogurt we're selling for a rand cheaper at Gosh. 38 rand. And look at the comparison. Uh, 3.4 grams of protein per 100 grams in the um, full cream yogurt. 2.4 grams in the um, dairy snack. That's a big drop. And yeah, you look at the ingredients list. Um, full cream milk uh, and proper yogurt cultures versus um, reconstituted whey powder. And water. Yeah. yeah. And water. So... So it's a really different product. And, and the thing to think about is particularly if you are deliberately looking for something that is calcium-rich, gut-friendly, a real dairy product, which is what you might be looking for in yogurt, it's easy to miss the fact that you're actually not necessarily buying that because the other product is positioned right next to it exactly. on the shelf. Yes. So read the labels, read the labels very carefully. And check the ingredients yeah. lists. I mean, if you've especially if you you know buying these products for your children look at compare the sugar yeah. content the protein you know if you're presumably wanting to have dairy protein um as much as possible then you if want it's for your child dairy yes. yeah but i mean i'm thinking back to my children's child um early childhood days we weren't allowed to send little yogurts in their lunch boxes because they even then were too high in sugar unless they were plain the deal. you were um, allowed to so, send plain i had the same yeah. my children went to the same kind of free school yeah. and i think that was a help because it set the tone in many cases yeah. Yeah. Except when they went to the bigger schools, some came out of schools that didn't have that prohibition and their, their <laughs> lunch boxes were full of whatever. Anyway, another story. But um, the really interesting here, thing here, Wendy, is is this is a situation that might well change because of things that are happening in the pricing yes, market. Yes, so I've now. had two yeah? tip-offs. Um, one, um, a few weeks ago at a food science conference, a Safos conference here in Cape Town, um, I'm not going to name them, but somebody in the industry uh, tipped me off to the fact that uh, the industry is uh, the, 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 the industry that's making yogurts and um, uh, dairy snacks in tandem have now been faced with a, a major curveball, as one put it. Um, so, cause in the past year, the cost of the specialized starches and stabilizers that they need to put into these dairy snacks to have, you know, so that they've got the right mouthfeel and all the rest, have increased, um, well, have just about tripled, my source said, in okay. price. And the dairy farmer, while talking about dairy, dairy snack versus um, versus yogurts, mentioned this as well. So I thought, okay, this is the time to do it. Um, so it's now apparently getting to the point where it's becoming cheaper to make proper yogurt again. So what are we going to see? Either those dairy snack tubs are going to keep on shrinking to account for the fact that the ingoing ingredients are, are becoming more expensive, or they'll slowly ditch them in favor and just keep, you know, put the pr- production back into only proper yogurt. We'll see, yeah. and maybe, or maybe they, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But that, as you, as as my source said, that is a curveball because the yeah. whole idea was to bring down input costs and make the product as they would position it more affordable in inverted commas for but not the same quality for yeah consumers and yes yeah. and it is more and for some you know maybe a dairy snack better than nothing yeah if you can't so there's, afford so there'll the be a market yogurts. for it my only thing is consumers must be informed and know that it's not just a cheap yogurt it's a completely different product that doesn't have the attributes 
of a proper yogurt. Yes. That's my mission here. I'm not saying these products shouldn't be. I'm just saying I'm not sure that consumers are necessarily aware of the difference. Of the difference. Yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of the attributes of proper yogurt, interesting comment on the WhatsApp line from Anonymous saying, uh, whether you're looking at the dairy snacks or the yogurt, the quality of store-bought yogurt in South Africa is very bad, in this person's opinion. Most contain whey cultures. protein or other starches to set it. You don't get this in the quality yogurts that you can buy in Europe and the UK where they strain their yogurt. Yeah, I've heard that too. I'm mm. not an expert on yogurt production, but I have heard so. that as well. Interesting comment. I wonder if others agree. Who um, I, I, I never use yogurt except as a marinade or as a replacement for mayonnaise in a sauce, Wendy. I never eat it myself. So uh, I don't I have do. – uh, I've never traveled and tested French yogurt I, and Italian yogurt, No, I do know that um, the, the, the yogurts in Europe are, are generally superior. I would love someone who um, – is knowledgeable on the nutritional benefits and and the different compositions of yogurts overseas. I'm told it's got to do with the the good cultures. We don't have the same level here because of the production process. So someone's just tweeted me uh, an advertising flyer um, where it's Clover Classic strawberry-flavoured low-fat yogurt dairy snacks, 6 by 100 gram. And they're saying, which is it? Is it yogurt or is it dairy snacks? Is that an an advert? advert, So it's a retailer who... to my point, yeah, he's thinking or she, whoever is this is yogurt, but it's officially called dairy snacks. So let me put both. Mm. Um, it's not both. It's the word yogurt shouldn't be there legally. That that the word yogurt doesn't belong in the marketing of that product. Okay, so what is being marketed there is a dairy snack, a dairy and snack. The, the word yogurt yes. should not appear at all. Okay, nice one. Thank you very much for tipping us off yes, about that indeed. one. And uh, maybe time we start pushing back against this kind of practice when the retailers are not helping them. I mean, uh, because the brands need to obviously disclose the difference, and they're doing that by putting the ingredients on the label. But it's the retailer luring you in to buy them and positioning them on the shelf. I don't think so. I just it? think it's the ignorance that we're talking yeah. about here. They just they refer to them as yogurts, but legally... They haven't got enough protein in them to be called yogurt. Okay. Thank you. Whoever sent that uh, that through to us, appreciate your input. Okay, so thanks. So we've learned the difference between yogurt and uh, a dairy snack. And, uh, yeah, somebody else making the comment, who would have thought that virtually every single yogurt available at supermarkets has got sulfur dioxide preservative in it? Um, it's, it's a preservative I'm allergic to, so I'm particularly mindful of that. So I'm going to challenge the comment every single one of them because she I said know virtually. virtually. I was okay. about to say it's not. It's everyone. not every single one no. of them. Uh, she said except Woolies Organic. I have found other brands there that are, don't have that. Um, yeah. To be fair. But it's um, I I very deliberately avoid that preservative, so I get your point that it's there in some brands. And another reason to read the label carefully, yeah. Wendy. Uh, on that point, we've mm. spoken about it before in, in terms of margarine. Now we're talking about yes. plant uh, oils. Um, it wasn't. Ra- it's not random that you can't find margarine anymore. You're finding a medium fat spread or a low fat spread yes. because. When the oil price of oil shot up, the manufacturers had to find a way to keep the input costs down, and so they reduced the amount of oil. They said it was about health consciousness, but actually it was about input Expense, costs. Yeah. And so they, I think, to be a margarine, you have to have eighty percent fat, and and they were dropped. They dropped it below that, so that's why you have medium fat medium spreads, fat and that's spread. they didn't started behaving not as a lot of people used to fry with them, fry yes. with them, and you and you can't when that fat content drops, it doesn't behave. And right. You'll know straight away because so it splats when it, it hits splats. Oh, exactly. Water yeah. content, yeah. yes. So, so that's another example. Mm. 
So yeah, medium fat and but but we don't talk about medium fat spreads. We talk about margarine. Buying margarine. If you're buying margarine. Yeah. I'm too smooth and creamy to be a margarine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too smooth and creamy to be a medium fat spread. Yes. Doesn't quite have the same ring. It's <laughs> that ad. Right. Okay. Kelly is saying a lot of the yogurt in South Africa has gelatin in it, which is just awful in her opinion. So she says, I've started making my own. Mm. I make it in my Instapot and it's done. Well done you. Um, I've never thought of attempting to make it myself. Yeah. I have made my own labne from somebody else's store-bought yogurt, but I've never actually made the yogurt. I think a lot of people do, brave. and you can do it with whatever milk you want. You can do it with um, low-fat milk. You can do it with full-fat milk, full-cream milk, whatever takes your fancy. So, yeah. Okay. Um, somebody asked about the difference in the labeling of Greek yogurt versus ordinary yogurt. Do you know what the, the defining thing is that, that allows you to call something Greek yogurt, assuming that it hasn't traveled all the way here from Athens? I don't. It will be, a, 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 again, I think it's the level of um, fat content, but we can right. have a quick Google during the break. Okay, we'll do that while the Eyewitness News is playing and see if we can find you some fe- uh, um, some feedback on that I, issue. I do have a recollection of, of it has to be called yeah. Greek style, that there was a, a ah. labelling restriction around around the labelling of Greek yogurt. We we'll we'll look it up while we listen to the eyewitness news. We're going to carry on the conversation around food and talk, take a look at, at sort of so-called house brands, no-name brands, store brands, uh, and um, some very interesting observations around pricing and consumer behaviour towards those brands coming your way after the 2.30 news. We'll also look at the question of defining pure fruit juice and 100% fruit juice blends and concentrates and what we are supposed to read into all of those terms that we see on the label and don't always know quite how to discriminate between. So that is coming up after the 2.30 news headlines. Please do keep your WhatsApps coming. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. Yogurt gate continues. <laughs> no. I mean, who would have thunk, Wendy? So we did a bit of digging. Somebody asked before the news, could you please explain the difference between regular yogurt and um, Greek yogurt? Sandy's saying, I understand Greek yogurt is better for the gut, but it seems quite difficult to find and with fewer options. So the, let me just summarize the bit of reading we did in the break about the, the different um, production processes here. So yogurt is effectively... Milk that has been heated had bacteria added to it and then it's been left to ferment to reach a particular acidity and then left to cool. And Greek yogurt has all of that but then is strained multiple times to eliminate the whey and other liquids. So the result that you get at the end is a much thicker and creamier product but it's also one that requires masses more milk to make because it is strained multiple times. So it's going to be more expensive because there is more milk going into it. To start with, it's strained up to three times through cloth bags in the traditional um, manufacturing process. Obviously, in a modern factory, they would have centrifuges and things like that that do it for you. But the reason you struggle to find it here is that very few of our yogurt manufacturers have got are set up for the equipment re- required for that particular stage of how it is dealt with with that extra straining. So it's not made by all of the producers and you'll often see a Greek style, style yogurt advertised yes. uh, as their way around it. It's not quite the traditional method. Uh, that's a very, very summarized version. Excuse the pricey, but but I hope that explains, Sandy, the difference between them. Now, Wendy, I had to giggle when I saw that you wanted to talk about no-name brands <laughs> because back when I was a teenager in the dark ages before cell phones, if a boy phoned, wanted to ask you out on a date, you had to phone the house on the home uh, phone, I right? I remember, okay. yes. So if somebody phoned home asking to speak to me but didn't say, 
Good afternoon, Mr. Hudson. It's Mark speaking, or David, can I please speak to Pippa, but just said, can I speak to Pippa? My dad would hold the phone right next to his mouth and shout, Pippa, no name brand on the phone. (laughs) So I would die a thousand deaths of embarrassment. But of course, at the time, the no name brand was the pick and pay house brand. And it was kind of the cheap and cheerful alternative, right? It was reasonable quality. It was very stripped down packaging, very few bells and whistles, simple print. No marketing. No, no marketing and wrapping yeah. and multiple colors on the label. It was very simple and it came at a much lower price tag. So, yes. yeah, I, I always laugh because I haven't heard the phrase in quite a long time. <laughs> but what you want to warn us today is not just to assume that because it is a house brand, as they're now called, or a store brand, or a no-name brand as it was then, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be cheaper than the big brand it's in every case. with in every single case. A lot case. of the time it is a lot cheaper. But yeah, but yeah the reason I'm talking about this is um, a few weeks ago, Nielsen's NRQ, well, Nielsen released its NRQ mid-year consumer outlook for 2023. Um, which revealed it's a global survey, but looking at the South African responses, 99% of South African consumers have changed the way they shop for fast-moving consumer goods um, and have adapted a range of strategies to manage their spending, which will come as a surprise to few. So the three top saving strategies are buying whatever brand is on promotion. 34% of people said they do that. Shopping more often at discounters. 40% said they do that. And 46% said that they're now only focusing on essentials. And I think we can all relate to all three of those, um, depending on the time of the month, I think, as well. Um, So NIQ South Africa MD Zakairi said, in the upcoming year, we can expect a sustained and intensified emphasis on budgeting value and trade-offs as resilient consumers redouble their efforts to refine the tactics that have proven effective for them so far. The mid-year analysis also highlighted the staying power of private labels. That's the generic name, Pepper. Okay, private Private labels. labels, Also known as store brands or house brands. Um, So many consumers are managing costs by turning to these ranges 52 percent of of the of those survey surveyed think that store brands are usually good value for money 48 percent of south african consumers said store brand products are a good alternative to the name brands and 39 percent think that some store brand products are actually higher or equal quality than the Mm. name brands so quality is actually um, I, i mean i looked at price this week but i'm going to be um, I mean, we don't have to get a, a panel of 10 experts to come in and do it, but I'm going to get a, a few people together and just open, like, baked beans, yes. like a coup, well, and then or, yeah. chop rights or checkers um, own brand and, and pick and pays and just do a sort of rather superficial analysis. But you know when you're getting more sauce than beans, right? Yes, you, you can know tell. when the sauce is very watery. Yes, um, all those things. Yeah. And the beans, the size of the beans and all that kind of thing. So I'm going to have a little bit of fun before Christmas. I'll commit okay. to doing that. And it won't, be a big, uh, it won't be a big selection of products, maybe five. But yeah, um, I think because the reason I'm saying that is listen to this. Um, NIQ South Africa says that given the, what they're seeing with the sales of these um, private label uh, supermarket products, they predict that they could account for a quarter of all grocery sales within 10 years. And when you think about how brand loyal consumers, oh. uh, many consumers Ooh. are, that's a, that's that's quite something. So I'm going to be, I think I need to be paying more attention to those products. That's fascinating. I mean, a quarter, that's a huge figure, Wendy. As you say, there are, you know, there's, there's some brands that you are just 
if it's if it's gonna you know like it's my house if it's gotta if it's gonna be chutney it's gotta be Mrs. Mrs. Balls. Ditto. I um, haven't found one that comes close. You enough. know, and and there are a few items like that. For the most part, when I'm shopping, I'm looking at okay, what is the price? Is this an acceptable quality one? Because they're usually two or three that are fine. I'm also looking at who made the container because my husband's in the yeah, packaging, packaging industry. Yeah. But but those are the things you're looking at: the price, the quality, the quantity, what's on special. But there are a few items There's that some people quality are fiercely issues. loyal so to. So, for example, with yeah. tea, I might not necessarily buy this. I'm a, I don't drink coffee. I love my tea. I might not necessarily buy, say, only five roses. But you get premium teas and you get budget teas, and it's got to do with the ratio of leaf to stick to stalk. Okay. I did a, a tea oh. tasting thing back in my early days of this job, which was fascinating. And you could actually see the raw tea if there's uh, quite a bit of the dried up stalk. That, that is your is your budget category. So you're not going to get the same flavor out of the tea bag. That's just is what it is. But but the exercises you, you don't necessarily have to in every case. Maybe if you just did a bit of comparison shopping or just tried something new, you could get something of a similar quality and taste. Without um, the big name. Without the big name yeah. and at a much lower price. And I think I think a lot of our, our listeners have already been on this road. And but, open to it, yeah. Yes, but yeah. given that, that NIQ report, I thought, well, let me do um, – I'm very time poor, yeah. as you know. So this is not an exhaustive um, study by any means. And we did touch on this a little while ago when um, Jake has put out a, a um, comparison saying, a, a statement saying, when doing price comparisons, you shouldn't do a comparison of set brands across the supermarkets. It should be what consumers a comparison of what consumers do or a study of what consumers do is what's the cheapest brand in that category yeah, on any given day in any given supermarket because specials happen in that exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah. So that's okay. So, so you forget did a the bit brand. Of a I did. For us. Okay. Okay. So um, let me see. I um, yeah. I looked at um, all right. Okay. So pick and pay in their stores. They their own brand product is often there's live well and there's pick and pay. Yeah. It's often the cheapest, but in many cases you have to buy two. Of the product to get the real saving. Okay. So I bought two of their own brand spaghetti, um, which was 40 rand, it's 20 rand uh, a pack. A pack. Yeah. But you had to buy the two to get the, the full saving, which okay. is fine. I eat a lot of pasta, so that's fine. But it is a little bit annoying and it does skew it a little bit because if you're really counting the cents at the end of the month or even at the beginning of the month, then you, can't you don't the want two. to buy yeah. two. Yeah. You know, you've got money for one. Okay, so <clears throat> rice checkers. And checkers, a two kilogram bag of tastic is it was I hate the ninety nine so much. Uh-huh. I'm gonna call it forty two Rand, while the same weight house brand was thirty eight Rand. So what's that three Rand saving? At pick and pay, the tastic was at on special at thirty six ninety nine on the day I checked, but its usual price would be forty three Rand, so just a, a Rand more than at checkers. But the house brand was more expensive at forty five Rand. So the house brand was more expensive than the classic tastic rice. That's a very interesting comparison. even the even yeah. the normal price and on special much more expensive. Yeah. So the special was thirty seven Rand, and the the um, the house brand was forty five Rand. So nobody who was actually looking at labels was going to choose the house brand on that in on that, that category day, on yes. that day. Uh, another example, mayonnaise. I looked at a 750-gram jar of Nola Tangy Mayo, 35 Rand in uh, checkers. The equivalent house brand was 30 Rand. Um, the same price as the clover, clover equivalent, which was on a 10 Rand off special. So the special skew things a lot. Yeah. It's like on the day. 
Uh, pick and pray house brand, two rand cheaper than the Nola at 33 rand, but quite a lot more expensive than the Checker's own brand at 30 rand. Milk, I thought I'd look at the um, the six litre packs or the, the, the UHT pack of the, milk. The yeah. UHT okay. milk. Checkers, the house brand was 94 rand, significantly the the cheapest. Parmalat Eco Fresh was 117 rand. That's a, that's a huge that's a difference. difference. Pick and Pay's house brand came in at just under 90. Well, just at 99 Rand. So th- that's, that's, I mean, that's a huge variance for yeah, UHT. For, for a similar product. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you are getting six packs, but still. And then the baked beans I spoke about. Coo baked beans on special at Checkers for 15 Rand for the 410 gram can, the, the basic can. The house brand was by far the cheapest at 12 Rand. Mm-hmm. At Pick and Pay, the Coo was also on special, but only if you bought two for 30 Rand, making it 15 Rand, the same price as Checkers if you if you bought just one can um, of Coo. But this, um, the house brand was um, 14 Rand. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, let's just so, look back so at that. So in that variation, the only product where the house brand was more expensive than the, the sort of classic brand was the pick and pay rice. The rice, versus yes. Fantastic. All in the most cases, the, there was a small it, saving it, on the house it brand. It is. I would say you can. It's it's a sort of a fairly safe assumption, but always check, especially if the if one of the other. Um, established marketed brands is on a special then they look at that and if you have you know in a household big household with a lot of consumption then it will make sense to buy the two at least they're not making it three yeah but i think i think the time look if you're in, a, in the happy position of not ever have to having to worry about what things cost and i and i watch those women in Woolworths, it's fascinating <laughs> they never look at the price everything just gets slung Hopping in trolley. Yeah. yeah but but most of us you know take some time uh, to look i will comment this is the one drawback of of using as convenient as they are the 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 online and delivery apps you miss yes. the opportunity to sit there and spend the time scanning the shelves, looking what other products are there, looking at what's Absolutely on Absolutely. I'm sure is, is there, there are some comparison apps that will do that for you, I thought, I think. I wonder. I just, check. Uh, yeah, if you've, yeah, I guess if you were really yeah. studious about it, you could find a way to do that online. But we're using those apps for convenience I know, most of us speed, are not. Right? We're just looking at, at um, the difference in the price of what – they have in store at the time. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it is the one where you do lose out uh, for, you pay the price for the convenience, in other words. So, I mean, the bottom line again here, Wendy, is it pays to read the labels. It pays to take the time and not just grab what has always been the cheapest and assume that because it was last week the cheapest, it's still going yeah. to be this and, week. And if, if our listeners have found um, a, a house brand, a private label that is um, really great quality, um, as as I mean, what was that statistic? A good, a good in that survey, a good uh, percentage of South Africans. Thirty nine percent thought some store brand products were higher or at least equal quality than the name brands. So if our listeners have are, um, you know, attached to a particular private label for its quality and price, it would be Tell nice to get some feedback. And I will be doing that 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 quality comparison um, quite a lightweight one but I'll do it anyway It'll in be the coming weeks to hear that. yeah I mean somebody's making the comment here either quality went up or we just got used to the house brands but this person comments I think Chutney for example two of our big supermarket chains their house brand Chutney is not bad at okay. all uh, somebody who describes themselves as a complete butter snob says it's got to be low pack butter it cannot oh, be anything else 
record that, I'm afraid. Well, listen to this. They said the Lurpak 500 grams is almost always 10 rand cheaper oh. at Woolies. 25 okay. rand cheaper if you're lucky to find it on special. So it I really pays yeah. to read those price tags closely and carefully and, and take the time. And yeah. you know what? The, the savings on the house brands were, in many cases, not just a rand. They were three or four. And if you're yeah. doing that across a shop... There is quite a, and then every time over the course of a month or two, that the savings really do add up. Absolutely. Uh, here's an interesting question from um, uh, one of our listeners, and it is Alan in Belleville saying, question I've always had, is a house brand uh, and branded item not just the same thing? Surely manufacturers don't make up a special recipe to make their own house brand, or they're not just coming from different manufacturers? They have, uh, I'm sure they do come, but they might have the um, that particular supermarket brand might have a specific uh, recipe requirement that might not be the same in terms of right. input of cost, whatever. For example, we learnt in the listeriosis crisis that yes. that Woolworths had some of their deli meats made in that in that plant. Yes, the um, it was the escort plant, I think, wasn't it? it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you get into trouble there. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you know, Woolworths has pains to say and had you know photographic proof of they had their own little ice, their own line and things done in their particular way, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so so yes, you. It, I can investigate it. I, I know the stores don't generally like to say too much, but I certainly remember from my early days of of, of consumer journalism that um, there was certainly this. I was certainly told that they, yes, of course, the, the foods come from the big pl- manufacturing plants, but they weren't necessarily identical to the labeled stuff. Okay, thank you for that. Well, I have to appreciate this WhatsApp from Mumtaz saying, my husband and I constantly fight about the quality of yogurts and the nutritional values in stores. I'm elated listening to the show. I'm going to be the winner. <laughs> Glad we could make your day, Mumtaz. I wonder in what way if the husband was making the case for the dairy, well, the dairy snack, snack perhaps. To save the money. Okay, there we have it. Right, one last one very quickly, Wendy, because the time is marching yes. away. Our listener, Soraya, mailed with a question about um, the different terms being used on fruit juice bottle labels. And she wrote to say, I've purchased juices for many years over the uh, across the well-known supermarkets, and I've noticed that the packaging is often marked as 100% fruit juice blend, and that these juices are also more expensive than those that are being sold as just real juice products for health reasons i stay away from carbonized soft drinks i'm aware that you have the option of concentrates like oras and the like but my impression is that when i buy 100 percent fruit juice that the product is 100 percent pure fruit juice but then i've noticed that sometimes they refer to reconstituted from concentrate with water and she's asking what's going on there okay. when you found out what's yes, going on yes because yeah. soraya was um Immediately started thinking about Oros because that's what she thinks of as con- concentrated, like the right. squash. And now, if now you know that there's added water, what what is this? Is it re- real futures? What's going on? So I gave her my very dumbed down answer, which is yes, it's, it is fruit juice. They take the water out and then they put it back. But I thought, let me get a more informed opinion, and I got it from Rudy Richards, who's the general manager of the South African Fruit Juice Association. Yes, there's an association for fruit juice, and this is what he told me: single strength, 100% fruit juice is the juice pressed from fresh fruit. 
The ready-to-drink 100% fruit juice reflects the natural properties of the fruit, including inherent natural sugar, fruit sugars, and nutrients. It may also be labeled not from concentrate, and we've seen that, um, NFC. This juice may also be sold as cloudy, as it would still contain fruit cells and pulp if not filtered when pressed. And I think, you know, especially at weekends, a lot of supermarkets on those ice beds will have They've got their own uh, squeezes in store, and you'll find a grapefruit or, or a orange juice, uh, orange juice mostly, there. or sometimes lemon. Yeah. And you can see it. It's what you would have got in your own home if you'd done that. Yeah. And it has a very short life in your fridge because there's no um, form of um, preservative. Mm. Or, or with fruit juices, there's often it's the process itself that that does the preserving, and it allows yeah. it to sit on the on the shelf for that long. So, um, to get back to Rudy's statement, this juice may, however, be concentrated for a variety of reasons, such as shelf life, stability, storage, and transport. This is done by the extraction of the water, but it remains 100% fruit juice concentrate. At a later point, the water is added back to create the same single strength ready-to-drink 100% fruit juice. Throughout this process, the product remains 100% fruit juice as no sugar or other ingredients are added. The final ready-to-drink product is therefore 100% fruit juice and correctly labelled as such. Well, the, the, I have to add that the, the labelling regulations allow them to add a tiny bit of uh, preservative in some cases. Okay. Um, but it still qualifies for for that um, description, um, 100% fruit juice. The term reconstituted from concentrate aims to inform the consumer of this process. The majority of 100% fruit juices in South Africa are reconstituted and um, not from concentrate 100% fruit juices are less available because they have considerably shorter shelf life, tend mm-hmm. to form sediments, which are not always acceptable to consumers, must be refrigerated or be preserved. Otherwise, they will ferment very quickly and will darken oxidized during storage. This makes NFC juices more expensive and and potentially riskier to produce. Concentrated juices available on shelf which need to be diluted to create a ready-to-drink fruit juice are completely different products. I think he's talking about ORC. They could be 100% they could be 100% fruit juices or fruit nectars or fruit drinks such as Oros. Fruit nectars and fruit drinks are not 100% fruit juices as they usually have, for instance, added sugar and preservatives. And I think it's around, if you look at Oros, I think it's something like 6% orange okay. juice, which is negligible. Sorry, yeah. Oros, if I got that wrong, but it's, it is it's a small under amount. 10%. Yeah. Okay, so you're looking for 100 If all you want is the juice as it was pressed out of the fruit. You have to get not for concentrate. Not for concentrate. Not from concentrate. 100% yeah. fruit juices. Okay. So it's as it... It, that's how it came out as it was pressed out and that's what you've into got into the bottle and onto your but toilet. you're not going to yeah. get the shelf life you're not going to get the price so it's a it's a toss up but I think the main question Soraya was like the word concentrated made her think of Oros and other squashes and, when she was buying and she juice. was like what is going yeah. on here so that's the answer thank you for clarifying Soraya and thank you for raising the issue we do have to wrap there Wendy thank you so much for some really interesting insights into our shopping trolleys this afternoon and uh, look forward to having you back with us next week thanks Papa yes.